welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate, the Universe Extended Book of Boba Fett review of Episode 7 and all of the fun stuff that happened throughout the season. If you consider it fun, I don't know. You're going to find out in a minute because we got some people with some mother effing opinions up in here. And this is our after uh, show that we could just swear and say whatever we want as long as it's in decent context. Um, be prepared. There is spoilers galore. So if you have not watched the last episode of Bubba Fett or Book of Bubba Fett, do not watch this episode. This is literally your last warning. Joining me tonight with the Universe Extended Book of Boba Fett Episode 7 is JJ and the Supreme Boba Fett lover himself, Mr. Charles Del Pickle Dillman. How are you tonight, sir? That's my favorite, right. my favorite nickname for you. That's fine. Dill Pickle. It's better than what I could come up with, I guess. <laughs> it's you're not the first, you're not gonna be the last, man. <clears throat> no. And I like Dill Pickles and I like you. So two win-wins. You're too kind. Win-win. All right. Again, the very last warning before we start this episode. <laughs> this is spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So if you're listening to this on the podcast and you've never you're like, oh hey, they drew in an extra cast. We're doing a effing spoiler cast, folks. All right. Done with the spoilers. Moving on. All right. Everybody gets one minute to give their take on the last episode. And I don't want to bring in the whole show. I just want to talk just the last episode at first, and then we can kind of branch into the last show. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with JJ, and then we'll move to Charles. And I want to know what you get one minute. What is your take on the last episode of the book of Bandalore? I mean, the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> so I'll go first. So this is a very, very uh, Robert Rodriguez-esque uh, type episode. Um, for those who do, don't know or are not familiar with his work, he's done a lot of um, a lot of movies or like or style of movies, um, particularly Westerns. Uh, probably the, the one that he's known the best for is like Desperado with Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. Um, and there are a lot of uh, feels for it, especially like the action sequences that, that happened in this particular episode uh, where which was in his wheelhouse that he did for for this particular show. Um, I did enjoy it a lot because I do enjoy his movies for there. Um, there were some problems for some of the things in it, um, but they're they're honestly it's kind of a build up from like other episodes that led into here. But beyond that, this is very very entertaining. Uh, definitely the best Boba filled episode that we've had um, for the series. Um, they they definitely did a lot of build up for this particular episode, and they did pay off a lot of it. Um, probably not to the best of what you know, the, the best quality, you know, I would say overall for like plot lines and stuff, but it was still very enjoyable. Um, I actually saw this like probably like three times because I enjoyed it that much. Just seeing um, a lot of the different stuff that they introduced to here. And I think it was a, a solid episode for Boba. Fair enough. Charles. I was disappointed for some things. Okay. I was excited. <laughs> For other things to piggyback on what JJ said, yes, absolutely, tons of payoff for setups earlier. Um, what I was disappointed with is there was all this talk about Cobb Vanth coming back, 
I didn't see him. That doesn't mean he's not going to come back. They didn't say he was dead, but they also didn't confirm that he was alive. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Mm. They said, Boba said, I heard he was dead. No, did you okay. not watch the after credit scene? Yeah, no. you had to watch. Okay. So right, we'll well, get to that. we're going to spoil just, that for you. Just pin that, pin that, pin that, because we're going to come back to that because I, right, I had right. a few few things about that. But anyway, yeah, go. The other thing that I was kind of disappointed with, and I'll, I'm prepared to, to take it on the chin for this, um, I did not like the whole Rancor writing scene <laughs> at all. Like, they, they made it seem like, oh, the people of yore used to tame Rancor, and Boba's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do that. And then three episodes later, I am the master of the beast that has always killed people. Like, the hell? You have, like, some innate animal ken? Like, would you roll a nat 20 on your animal ken check at fucking Star Wars D&D? Like, what the hell? And then we're, like, we're like it, it's running loose. So we're going to King Kong onto buildings and most aspects. No, get the <laughs> shit out of here. Like, I loved the whole rancor against the droids thing. I loved that. I thought it was cool. But, like, fucking hell, he had to ride him. Like, what the hell is going on? No, there were there were some disappointments in there for me. There was enough action. But for me, after all of the way it was set up, this kind of felt like Michael Bay directed it a little bit. Like, there was explosions oh. everywhere. All we were missing was an Aerosmith theme song and a love story between <laughs> Boba Fett and and the Mandalorian, and we would have had like, uh, what was that stupid movie Armageddon all over again? It just well, eh. there, I was, there was a little moment. I was okay. I'm I'm not mad at it, right? I enjoyed the episode thoroughly, but there were some things where I was just like, "Fuck, really?" Ugh. But. Um, I did enjoy, I'm probably going over my minute, but I did enjoy, I read a news article um, over the weekend about George Lucas's, um, George Lucas's thing for Grogu, like how he felt about Grogu and about how he wishes Grogu has the appropriate amount of training. And I like how they fit that into the storyline so that Grogu didn't have to have training from Luke. Uh, because Grogu had already spent time at the Jedi Temple and had already had training. He just needed to have his memories unlocked. So, like, I did enjoy that little nod, you know what I mean, to say, okay, well, Luke's not training him, but he, all he really needed to was, like, unlock the, the memory chastity belt in his brain, and now he has all of the Jedi training that he had before when he was in the Temple. So, hopefully we'll see that. Again, I hate that little green bastard. I really want somebody to run him over with a speeder bike <laughs> accidentally or something and, and never look back. I'm alright with that. But well, we know overall, that's not going to happen. No, and overall I was, I was happy with the episode. Chris? So, I will tell you for the Boba centric style of the show that I have been horribly disappointed in. This was the best one. In my opinion, I agree with the Rancor sentiment. Like, yes, Boba somehow that's where Boba was between five and six. Yeah. <laughs> that's where Belva went. Boba's like, fuck everybody off to learn how to ride a Rancor. That, yep. that works. Yep. With, with, with Danny, you know, I, I, Danny Trail. I, I get it. Like Danny Trail's amazing. I'm sad we didn't see him again. Like at the very end, and this is okay. This is what I was hoping for the whole time. Just so you know. And and the best part of this is I had we did that Wednesday because we do Wednesday streams. I worked very hard all day. I came home and we had dinner, and my my daughters weren't really paying attention to me, so I I put the episode on, 
and I know I, I, I wasn't supposed to, but I did. And they're like, are we really going to watch this? And I was like, yep, this is the last episode, <laughs> and I'm about to go stream, so I'm going to watch the hell out of this. And we're sitting there, and the whole time, all I want is at the very end, after all the Raincore stuff is done, is for Danny Trejo to come out clapping his hands and going, <laughs> well done, son. Well done. That's all I wanted. If that had happened... Trejo's tacos hat on or something yep. for product placement. There you go. Even better. I would have recanted everything I said about the pro the show just for that one. I, and I don't care how much of a sellout that makes me. I love Danny Trejo that much. I really like that actor. So like, That's what I wanted. But I agree. The Rancor was ridiculous. Why did Boba Fett go back and get a fucking Rancor when he is a Slave 1? We all know what the Slave 1 can do. We all know the Slave 1's precise. And we know it could just fly and just shoot the fucking things in the middle of the road. We don't need a Rancor. We don't need the... I don't need that. I don't don't tie that story in. Go fuck yourselves. The Rancor would have been better off trying to eat so, him. So there was a different way I would have done that. And I'm sorry, JJ, I'm gonna step on you. Yeah. Go, go. I hated. Oh, do you think you can make it to their headquarters before <laughs> they completely destroy us? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Let me go. What? Yeah. I'm gonna go save the biking gang and not even go to the headquarters. Yep. Then why set it up? Why make it seem like she's going to ride halfway across the city or get to Mos Eisley where the, the Pike Syndicate is at and stop this shit from happening? I can get there quick. 45 minutes later, okay, well, I'm going to assassinate the people that don't matter anymore because we've already won. Why? Why? I agree. Yep. So disjointed. Why? Yep, it was. That was poor writing in what they were trying to convey. And I think the same thing is with the rain car that was poor writing bringing that rancor into it. It was it was a hey, we referenced this earlier, we need to bring this back. Like they they just so, like I'm surprised the Huts didn't appear. Where the fuck's so, the Huts now? A few counterpoints to that. One the oh reason why I'm glad that they didn't bring Slave One. Not necessarily that I agree with the Rancor. I there there are definitely issues with the Rancor that I, I share with you guys. But the reason why Slave One uh wouldn't be a good choice is number one, the ratios. Yes, they have uh, the slave one has good cannons and he, he can pinpoint precision attack against those particular droids. But those shields are powerful enough to resist uh, the cannons from a starfighter. Um, second, but not a is, rancor and not a dark saber. Well, because they're slow, right? The, the one thing that ratios can stop is slower moving projectiles. Because you remember, because Santin slowly put his hand through and was able to get through, and then the, the Scorpo neck droid reacted and they did, to it. They did reference and, and that. that. They did say yeah. that I can't move slow enough. Like, the blade won't move yeah. slow enough to get through the shield. They did They did reference All right. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for that reason, that's why the fire spray went into it. The other, uh, only other thing that it could have done is drop a seismic charge, but then you kill everybody, and that kind yep. of defeats the whole purpose of it. So that part I understand. Stand fine. The I'm happy whole... with everybody dying if the the final scene of the episode is <laughs> yeah, and then the city the, is leveled. I'm fine the, with that. The whole Fennec part, I why it took so long is because she basically had to travel like from New York to freaking like Orlando because they were in a completely different city. But she didn't need to. That's the to thing. stop to stop reinforcements from coming in. Right, you cut off the head. They can no longer coordinate. They can't do it. So. It's not directly referenced for it, but Look, you can only coordinate yeah. up to range two. If she had to go that far away, <laughs> like, that's not that's not. There's a no coordinate. I'm just gonna shut you down, JJ. 
Now, what I wished happened is that instead of Fennec going to take out the head, I wish that Boba himself would have went, so that way he could have looked at the, the bastards who betrayed him in the eye and say, well, I guess we don't have a treaty anymore, and then freaking kills him. That's yeah. what I wanted to see. but And that would have been better. And, and that's why she didn't need to go at all, because if they had stopped it early enough, he could just taken off in his you know rocket ship and, and gone and moved on. You know, like in his favorite rocket ship. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So the other piece of the episode, you know, like, so again, going back to like, it was nice to see normal people die. I still think the pikes like at first the pikes could hit people and then all of a sudden they stopped being able to hit people. And I was like, because I was super excited. They're shooting Mando and Boba and they got Mando armor on. Right. So it's reflecting them. They're not getting hurt, but you could tell it's like slowing them down. And then all of a sudden they can't hit anybody else. Like, I was like, God damn it. Like, I was so excited for once to actually see a real shootout where, like, what, what really would happen. And then it just all changed and it was just all done. I was like, oh, all right. So well, we're back to the went, fantasy that nobody can shoot any of the good Star guys. Wars. What? It went back to Star Wars. Yeah. It went back to Star Wars. Yeah. Which is sad because, like you said, the Robert Rodriguez thing, I was extremely excited by that piece, too, because I'm. I'm not like a Western fan per se, but I like Westerns and I like spaghetti Westerns. I like the lot, the ideology of it. I like, I don't like the older stuff um, because it's not violent enough for me. And a lot of times it's really sexist and I have a hard time with that. And sometimes it's even racist and I don't like that either. But the, 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 the idea the fantasy about that, the Western lifestyle just, just tickles my fancy more than anything else. Like, like my favorite book set, is um the dark tower by stephen king which is the majority of that is like a western style discussion which is again hands down my favorite my favorite fucking series even over game of thrones over everything i love that i love the dark tower um okay i really do like so like for me the western thing is like is kind of hits home and and again some of it's a little personal right because my grandfather and my grandmother were very big love westerns. So for a long time I would buy my grandfather, my mother or grandmother for like Christmas a couple of westerns. And they would then make me at least watch part of one of them every year. That was like a tradition. Chris, you dumbass, you bought me great westerns. Uh you're not going to come watch them with me. And it's like, "Oh, this is very cringe-worthy, but I kind of like westerns too." You know, like I like that, you know, aggressive standoffishness. Um I loved Cad Bane hands down like I like I, I know a lot of people didn't like the animation style I thought he fit the Clone Wars epic I'm I will tell you the the biggest disappointment I have is that he's dead and Boba's alive and I know everybody's gonna be like I oh, whatever with you more he's fucking gone I'm all right with it I know but you don't like the Clone Wars either so you know that there's a difference and it's a bad batch thing too like he's he's a piece of these these iconic things that if we're going to keep things alive He's the one piece I want to keep alive to some extent. And so I feel he could play play a bigger role throughout the series of things to some extent. And yeah. I don't like the short change story he got to kill him yeah, off. I, I do agree that they, they should have kept him alive. However, the finality of his death kind of brings everything full circle because one, he was trained by Django Fett. Two, he helped train Boba and also became a rival for Boba when during his earlier days of him becoming a bounty hunter. So, and they kind of do reference that history of when they were like confronting each other, which if you haven't seen anything else 
from the Clone Wars or read any like of the other books, you know, that reference him and like stuff that he's done. Um, it's it does bring that story like to its natural end, I feel, because at the end of it, you know, Cad Bane is there to to present the mirror to Boba to saying, you know, stop pretending for you trying to be this big crime lord or anything like that. You really are just a killer. And that's what you 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 excel at. And to his credit, that's what that episode proved that Boba's at his best when he's out fighting, killing people. And that that is what actually makes him watchable. And that's part of the reason why this episode was so good is because Boba did what he did best, which was gunfighting and shooting and fighting. That's what he's the best at. So So, real quick, I'm going to interject just for a second. My daughter, because my daughters were watching this, my youngest was like, I wonder if he has knee rockets that kill people. I bet you he has (laughs) knee rockets. And I'm I'm dead serious. Like, and that scene hadn't happened. And all of a sudden he bends over and rockets shoot out. And my daughter slams her fist on the table and goes, I told you. I told you. Thompson here like, all right. I didn't know he had knee rockets, actually. I did not know that. That was something Chris did not know. Props to you, honey, for getting that right. Like, good on uh, yeah. you. So let's go to the uh, the photo documents here, so that way we can kind of go through this episode uh, bit by bit here. Real, just real quick before we get into yeah. it, I just want to say, screw Hasbro. Why? What did they do? Uh, they released a black chrysanthemum figure that is literally just a Chewbacca figure painted black. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> he looks different. He looks different. That's like. I would make a racist comment, but let's just say that all Wookiees look the same is not applicable here. <laughs> uh, I have to see it to, to comment on it, but yeah. All right. So the, the first photo here is the uh, beginning scene here. Where we see the aftermath of the bombing inside of the nightclub here. Is Max Rebo dead? No. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, no. I think I think this explosion here. I, I don't know. I, I he he lives no matter what. <laughs> He's not Cad Bane. <laughs> He's going to show up in Mando season three in another cantina. That's yep. Fair. And he it's all because they could pay him a minimal amount to show up and everybody goes, "Ooh, look who that is. Now. Um, this is one of the things that kind of got me, right? Because, you know, they go in here and they're discussing strategy because they, they know that the pikes are coming and stuff. And Boba's first instinct was, you know, let's go back to the palace to fortify it because it's a more fortifiable place. And then the rest of his, you know, cybernetic enhanced crew is like, no, you know, you can't leave the people. You know, you got to stay here. If you want to leave, leave. We're going to stay here. And then he decides, okay, fine. I'm going to stay here and hold the fort down here. Not the most tactical choice here because, I mean, this is a bombed-out shelter, and obviously every window and door here is broken open. I mean, what do you have to defend here? Yeah, I and I agree because, like, the people aren't sitting around here, right, JJ? Like, they're yeah. not after the people. They're after Boba Fett. They actually have made zero reference to killing off any of the people at all throughout the whole season. There was... No reference to this. Like, if they're going to kill off the people, there would have been more attacks on just generalized people. Like, we have none of that. So, his decision to do that and all these other things, like, yeah, it shows, A, not only should he never be dying, yo, he is sure as fuck is a horrible leader and a horrible decision maker. He's better off just going and killing things. <laughs> because, yeah. And he could have evacuated people to the palace, too. Like, how big is the palace? We don't know. Because we've never 
but we we saw Jabba's palace, which is pretty big. So I mean, could yeah. they all fit there? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I will say yeah. this. I will say one thing about this episode, just real quick. A character who I had found utterly cringe, utterly annoying, and someone that I could not have cared less in the last two episodes really came into himself and I really started enjoying his character overall and like the sliminess of him was the the Twilight like mayor assistant. The mayor assistant. Like, yeah. I really <laughs> I really started to like him like just as a generic character like his like when he sent him out to read that damn notepad, I'm like, that's the that's the best damn thing ever. Like I was that was in fantastic. 100%. I loved his character by the end of the by the end of the series. That was like, that was great. That that dude he, he read the, the whole thing too, even though yeah. he knew what it said. That was even better. Yeah, he 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 deserved to live after that whole scene. That was freaking yep. hilarious. That was great. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I agree because I thought that character was a throwaway character. And then all of a sudden he shows up with Boba and you're like, oh, like, okay, he wasn't. <laughs> so the uh, the next and now we that might he... we might get babies between him and Pelly. Who knows? Oh, fuck. Wow. No, no, stop. No, stop. No. no. <laughs> she She's was only into she likes Jawas. That's She's how this goes. Jawas, yeah. So all right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And complimented the head tails. Just saying. Was <laughs> she did. Was was there Jawas that were attacking everybody? In the in the in this episode, did you get a picture of that? No, I didn't actually see that. I didn't catch that. No, I think there was Jawas attacking people. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. All right, now because yeah, I, that. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference if that happens. I think it's a missed opportunity that the Jawas weren't in the end of the episode scout scavenging parts from the battle droids that got destroyed by the Rancor. All right, well, oh, there's 100%, that too. But... 100. They took all that scrap. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to put it in our sand crawler. Yeah. 100%. The one sand crawler that exists. Yeah. So the uh, the next thing that we have here is um, is Cad Bane returning from his quote unquote mission to report over to the bosses here, the head of the Pikes and everything. And we get the big reveal um, that the Pikes had uh, set up the biker gang that Boba, you know, ruthlessly murdered to death um, for um, for everything that's been going on, like for. Um, since the beginning of the show, right? So essentially, Boba got uh, played by the Pikes uh, the whole time, and uh, they basically been keeping it a secret in order to, I guess, maintain him in check this whole time to, for him not to proactively go against the Pikes here. Now, he they specifically mentioned this that they've kept this information from Boba for you know whatever reason. And then Cad Bane later on in the episode goes and tells Boba exactly that information for whatever reason. Now, I, my guess is, is that his intention was to get Boba riled up so that way he could go out and fight. But it's like, okay, like, what was the point of that particular plot point then? Like, why, what did they gain to not, like, to keep that secret from Boba? I think in that particular situation, I think and you kind of called it out, I think the purpose was for him to goad Boba into a one-on-one -on -one combat situation where he was, just like at the end of the episode, supremely convinced that he was better than Boba in every single conceivable way. And so to prevent internal clan war and fighting for the daimyo, if he can take Boba Fett out one by one, it's the same mentality as 
uh, Fennec going to the head of the, the Pike Syndicate, right? And that if you cut the head off the snake, everybody else scatters. Right now, Boba's family is a bunch of disjointed individuals that have been brought together under him. So you've got like the Power Rangers, you've got Black Chrysanthemum, you've got the the New Hope City with, that was, you know, with Cobb Vanth. You've got all these various factions that have been brought together under his leadership. If you take him out, Fennec leaves, Chrysanthemum leaves, there's a gigantic power vacuum that'll be filled by the huts, and life goes back to status quo with one death rather than having the all-out war. So my take on that was he was showing up to goad him to see if he could get that single-person combat. because it's, it's kind of like the opening scene of Troy when they have the big guy versus Brad Pitt because it'll save millions of lives by not having to fight. I think that was kind of what they were alluding to there was that if Boba gave in, he would have killed Boba and stopped the entire episode from happening, which to okay. Chris's effect might not have been a bad thing. Nope. I actually agree with you on that quite a bit. I think that was 100% planned on purpose in that event. I don't think they wanted it to happen, but that that's that seems because if we look at other westerns and how they're how they manifest JJ, that's a theme throughout those. Um, okay. You know that you that's got a big, the big thing. Mexican, excuse the for, excuse the the terminology. But you have the Mexican standoff at high noon between the two main characters to save the city or to doom the city. And that's that's how that read to me. Yep. It just it gave Boba a little bit more character depth. Um, well, really, to be fair, it gave it gave us an idea that Shand is really the uh, the puppet master behind everything here, because later in the episode, you see the exact same scenario play out. Only she's not there to cool his blood and he gives in 100 percent. So really. Yep underlyingly that was a fennec shand character moment for her to show that she is the one that's really the brains running everything it's just the boba fett name that's really carrying everything out yep and hence the end where boba fett steps down that it makes sense like okay. that again what did i predict that he's not he's going to give it over to a certain individual um can yeah. we spoil okay. that yet for Charles? Are we allowed to spoil that for Charles? I don't give a shit. You're not. I'm not going to go back and watch it. I don't care. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> the end scene has Cobb Banth in the Bacta tank. Oh, in, okay. In his palace. Yeah. And Chrysanthemum is magically healed. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um... We don't know how, but he is. <laughs> okay. No, no. Okay. So that explains because that was going to be one of my complaint points because I didn't watch it, but like he promised. Chris Anton, oh, I'll let you use the back to tank if we survive this. And then there's the scene where he's like, oh, the back to tank is otherwise occupied. And then here's Chris and speak side point. Sorry. Chris Anton could barely walk. And then 30 seconds later, he's like, yeah, fuckers, let's go. I'm going to sprint through these these town halls like 20 seconds ago. You yeah, got like hamstringed by a bunch of Trandoshans. And now we're like running the ass end of the Boston Marathon. Like the fuck is going it's like there's so back many to band-aids, like, man. Back to Band-Aids. They, they were yeah, back to Band-Aids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's go down to the next photo here. So um, so we get to, through the opening credits. And then the first thing we see is a very, very familiar T-65 X-Wing come in and park over in Pelimato's, uh garage area. And, and 
who do we see here? We see R2D2 and Grogu here. Now and, and then somebody else you missed in this picture. Uh oh, BD1. Sorry. Yeah. So um so going relating this back to X-Wing here. Um, so now we have two pilots that can be added onto the T65 for the rebellion. We have a R2D2 pilot that can now have a crew for a T65 for the rebellion. And then the other one that like we've R2 had for a while. Be like the R2 yeah, like R2 Y-Wing. Y-wing. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, the other person would have been Ray uh, from Episode Nine, who flew this particular thing with three force, obviously. Um, I mean, we got the makings here of the next is card it, pack. Is it too late to remove JJ from the podcast? Please? <laughs> nope. 100% hey, I'm only not. speaking the truth, man. I only speak the truth. Yeah, get Ray and Rebels. Ooh. Or do we get a T65 in Resistance with with Ray. Yeah, I, I would say T sixty five and resistance, yeah. With only two pilots. So it'll be like the uh like the Rebel TIE Fighter. You only get two named pilots for the the resistance T sixty five. Yeah. Ooh, buy a new ship and get two pilots. Well, three, because you'd have you'd have decrepit Luke or some something like that. <laughs> no, MG just say you have a T sixty five from your core set that is required to buy before you play X Wing. And now you have a resistance <clears throat> spot to go with it. All right. <laughs> Keep moving. So you're um, you're discussing me with everything you're saying here. <laughs> so the funniest thing here is that Grogu tells her his name is Grogu and she's like, "What? That's your name? That is like the most horrible I'm not that's a terrible name. I'm not going to call you that." The second she said that, I busted out laughing and I'm like, "Damn it, Chris was right." <laughs> <laughs> That was fantastic, man. So one of the big questions here is A, was did did R2D2 take Grogu away without the consent of Luke? Because uh, R2 was in a big hurry to get the hell out of there. Uh no. I, I'm gonna answer that. No. I think Grogu made a decision and Luke told R2D2 what to do. Because otherwise, R two D two all of a sudden becomes very way. sentient. Well, okay. So here's the thing. So so let's let's be real here, right? We'll talk Star Wars. R two D two has not had a memory wipe since he was owned by Anakin freaking Skywalker. <laughs> or before so that. So if if we're talking about sentient droids, R two is probably the prime candidate for like droid learning to be able to think for himself. Yep. Secondly, other than Ahsoka. R2 is the only person that got to hear how the Mandalorian actually felt about Grogu, right? Because Ahsoka left and she just gave the gift to Luke. So Luke didn't get to hear that conversation. So there is very good, there is a very real possibility that like R2 heard how much Grogu or, you know, Mandalorian missed Grogu and wanted to be there for him and wanted Grogu to be there with him and everything. And it's just like, Fuck it, kid. Grab the shirt. We'll go. You know what I mean? And maybe he didn't tell Luke. So we don't know in that particular case, but I think it's it's, it's a really decent idea to think that R2 is, you know, I just, and to be fair, I just got done watching the uh, Clone Wars episode where R2 is kidnapped by the Transoceans to turn over to, uh, to uh, Grievous. Yeah. And they talk about how he's never had his memory wiped. And I'm like, if you think about it, 3PO's had his memory wiped more than any other bot on the planet, it seems. And R2's <laughs> just like, nope, sorry, you're not flashy thing in me. Yeah. 
That's a good point. I guess I never thought about that. <clears throat> the infinite memory. And yep. and I, I can see your point. In fairness, like I, I, I can see your point to, to, to that. I have a harder time with him having the chain mail and then being and then leaving and it being our two decision. But well, I mean, it, that part could be split, right? Grogu could have decided to take the, the chain mail in the heat of the moment, and then he goes to R2 trying to find a way out, and R2 says, okay, I'm going to help you out, but let's get this done quick because I don't want to get in trouble with Luke. So, because <laughs> like, you remember, he's R2 was really, really adamant that he had to go, right? And we get this from his interaction with Peli because Peli's like, I don't understand what's your hurry. You know, just, you know, just stay here for a little bit. And as soon as Grogu got out, R2 was gone. Archer was like, nope, see ya. And he left with the, the T-65. So, like, there there has to be a reason why R2 was such in a rush to to drop off Gogu and go back. So right. for that, I think that I think he did it without Luke's consent. And that's fair. That would and that would easily wrap up, you know, other ties we have. So and I mean to be fair, it's not the first time that R2 has decided to do shit on his own. He does it all the time. Yep. Watch Clone Wars. I'm working on it. <laughs> little by little. So um, so going down to the next photos that we have here. So we go through here. They're going through the whole plan about how they're going to set up a white net to make sure that nobody gets uh, gets by their, um, like, get to pass their watch. You know, they had the Gamorrean station over at the airport. Then they had the cybernetic kids, you know, go throughout town uh, power to take Ranger. a look at. Yeah, the Power Rangers, and then Chrysanthemum by himself for some reason, um, uh, and another part of town. And you know, they said that you know if they if they come, they're going to be able to see them. And then we scroll down to the next picture, and I, I guess they were terrible watchers because Cadbane literally walked right through with four bodyguards, um, <laughs> and nobody saw them coming. And we get this great exchange between Boba and Cadbane, uh, which was which was fantastic. Um, you know, Cad Cad Bane, like to me, you know, again, I'm sad that his his arc was very short, but he basically like was asking the questions that every other viewer, you know, every other fan of Star Wars was asking, like, what's your angle? What's your motivation to pursue this whole entire venture? Like this whole thing that you're pursuing, right? Like, what's like, your what fucking problem? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I like that, right? Because it felt very meta, right? You know, you're it felt like he was like representing the fans and asking like what's the whole point of you going through this and then of course you know he he um tries to go boba into like attacking him by telling him that the tuscans were killed by it um to his point uh this point here this was really uh, a really good point for a really good part for fennec here because she helps him calm him down um to let him know you know this is not this is not the time right this you know, is not the that, way yeah this is not the way um, I, she, she definitely went up in my book a lot because she still had that technical or that, um, that prowess, right. That mental fortitude to like, try to calm him down to make sure that he didn't go buck wild when he was at a disadvantage here. So, yeah, no, no, no. I, I want to go back to Fennec and, and I know Charles, you haven't watched all the clone wars, but Fennec is part of that clone wars art, right. And her character development in it and in rebels is a lot more than you would think. And she shows up in bad batch now. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there's, uh, there's a piece of me that felt she was given a disservice in this show 
and I get they gotta sell they gotta sell shit. So Boba Fett's the the, the character, but kind of like you said, is like she's the one behind the scenes pulling the the, the trigger. She's the one pulling the strings. Uh, it, it's very obvious in that scene, right? You know that she understands Boba better than he understands himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm happy she didn't die. And I I'll I would. I would tether to see like her having her own show, I guess. I don't yeah. know. And maybe yeah, Boba probably. too is her and, 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 and Colin, um, you know, Vanth, right. Maybe it's just the two of them. And Boba's like, oh, I'm going to go hang up with the Mandalorian. See y'all later. You know, I do better at just killing people. And the Mando needs people to kill people, especially in Mandalore. Maybe Boba goes and redeems his father. God, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, so going to the next part here uh, with the, the, the Power Rangers uh, being surprised that all of a sudden the families turned on them and they kill a few of the Power Rangers, thankfully. Um, and they go into this whole shootout. Chris Anton gets over, uh, overrun by a bunch of Trandoshans. Um, and uh, dopey looking Trandoshans, too. Can I just yeah. go out They're and not say even that? Yeah, like they don't even look badass. They just like the like the slow bunch of Trandoshans that couldn't <laughs> cut it anywhere else and just like decided, ah, fuck it, we're gonna they're do like, this. They're, they're the they're the um shitty Jurassic Park Wookies of Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yo, can I just say that those Trandoshans kind of remind me of Goombas from the Mario Bros. Oh my god, yes, yes, a hundred percent. You're right. Yep, you oh, you nailed Goombas. that fucker right on the head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then lastly, we see the Gamorians get over uh, overtaken by I forget what what species uh, the Cartoonians, and they ended up falling off a giant cliff. Um, Which what dust. were they guarding? What were they guarding? That like three steps and oh, we're up against the cliff. Like what's at the cliff that we sent the Gamorians to guard? <laughs> like you it's can't a space talk. Board. All you do is grunt. You just go stand over there, just just out of the way over there with your vibro axe. It was the spaceport, yeah. So then finally, um, we get to the part with the the mayor. Uh, the mayor's assistant goes out. The probably the best like part right before the fight there, um, where he goes out to give uh, Boba's demands and tells him basically he's going to bury everybody and basically to set up the counterattack. And this for me was the the best part of the show. Um, the the next picture down is when you know you have both Mando and Boba um, going out on full attack. They're both using their jetpacks. They're using every single weapon in their arsenal to take down the Pikes. Um, this is what the series should have been throughout. You know the whole time, right? You know just showing how good Boba is at being what he does, right? A killer, right? And this this was the most captivating part of the entire series that included Boba, um, that you you really uh, felt drawn to the character because of his fighting prowess, right? You saw everything in his arsenal. You saw the knee rockets. You saw him use his blasters. You see him use um, his armor to good effect to help him protect against the onslaught. Um, him working to, uh, in conjunction with Mando to try to get um, to to basically fight off a, a small platoon of different Pikes uh, Pike soldiers uh, and just uh, holding them off against this thing. And then finally, you know, they they um, there was a particular scene where I laughed pretty hard because uh, it, and it's the next photo down is that there's this guy in the roof that shoots at them. I literally counted it. They took twelve shots at this one guy. They like f this guy in particular. 
<laughs> it was the funniest scene to me just because of that, because they, they one-shot everybody else. But they both take the time to stop whatever the hell they're doing and just shoot this guy a lot of times in the sequence as he's falling down. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna point something out here that I think, and this was, this was a major pain point for me. Okay. I think there was a missed opportunity for a piece of lore development in this scene. Okay. That had been pre-set up in the Book of Boba Fett as a series uh, and has actually even been kind of a topic of conversation. Anytime Mando has used the Darksaber, he's fought against it. And there's been multiple things about you're fighting against the blade. You're not having a single purpose. You're split mind. Like, that's why the blade is fighting you. Like, there's all of these little, like, breadcrumbs dropped. And this is the first scene that he's been a part of in the Book of Boba Fett where he is 100% sold and committed and willing to give his life to protect Boba Fett. And in the scene where he is 100% focused, he does fuck all with a Darksaber because he can't get it through the shield or whatever. But there could have been even just a, a maybe a line or two of like realization of the focus that I have and now the blade is working with me, right? Just some nod to the fact that when you're focused on the task at hand, the blade becomes insanely easy to wield and give him that realization. It still takes training to open your mind and to give yourself to the force, you know, to be able to use the lightsaber or the dark saber in this case. Um, but I just really think it was a missed opportunity to to give that little bit of development to the lore of the sword. Um, I, I kind of disagree a little bit because I, I think in the heat of the moment when he was using it, you know, obviously he was fighting for his life at that point, right? Because, you know, you got this giant scorpion neck droid that can, you know, wreck you even with Beskar. Um I think that it might come to play later on in Mando season three, you know, when he uses it again and he realizes, oh, hey, you know, I realized that I had an easier time using this. Um, but I don't Maybe I think we'll that, get another flashback scene. Of course, it's it's mandatory. <laughs> so um, I, I think that if they would have done that, I, I, I mean, I, without using facial expressions, that's kind of hard to to really convey you know, that you had that aha moment without slowing down the action of what was going on at that particular moment. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think it's easy. You pull the dark saber out, you realize it, you use it and you realize, oh, it didn't not do what I wanted it to do. Okay, here you go. I can look at it and go, hmm, shake my head and then go attack. I don't, like, I, look, I agree with like, Charles in this. Takes a swing at the blade and it doesn't even have to have words takes a swing at the blade and it goes like maybe through because obviously the 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 shield is there right so that's still a thing but like he swings it and he's expecting it to fight against him and goes through like a wall with it or some something unexpected and looks down at the blade tilts his head to the side and yep. then goes right back to doing what he's doing you don't even need a line yep. but just that Agreed. that that physical motion of expecting it to fight against him but because he is so driven forward that it just goes along for the ride and he's expecting it to be heavy and way heavy. And even it could have even been a moment where like he goes to swing it and he's so amped that he's going to have to swing this big, heavy thing that he overswings and like throws it away. You know what I mean? For a second and has to go retrieve it. Some nod to the fact that he's starting to attune to the blade a little bit. 
Because we're supposed to believe that he wants the way of Mandalore so bad that he's going to go to this fountain that's buried under the city. And they're, they're, they're dropping the, right, they're dropping all these breadcrumbs about him leading everybody back to the way of the Mandalore. It takes two seconds for him to look at the blade and look back up or for him to chuck the handle because it all of a sudden weighs a lot less than what he thought it was going to because he's not fighting against it anymore. Something small. I don't need a big realization, but we're all about planting seeds. This entire series has been planting seeds with minimal payoff until the final episode. Why plant those seeds and not give some sort of nod okay. to the fact that he's getting easier? Yep. Hey, and JJ. Fair. Fair. In what in what show did the dark saber show up and was wielded by an individual, and all of a sudden they realized it was easier to wield than they thought it was? Rebels. Okay. So I'm just saying, like, I was gonna it's say, a with Sabine, right? It's yeah, it's yeah. Sabine. It's a precedent that's already there, like. Charles is a hundred like Charles hasn't even yeah. watched that shit and he's picked up on it. <laughs> like so like, that's true. That's true. You got a point. You got a point. Yeah. Yeah. It, big missed opportunity. Yeah. All right. I don't know. So so going to the actual Scorpion droids, as far as I know, this is the first time they've ever introduced a droid like this, right? Yes. The, by oh, that name. Like the Rolly droids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by this specific yeah. name, this is the only one they have, and because I actually thought it was those Rolly droids until they re until they put a different name on it, and I was like, oh, okay, well that's fucking bo okay. Because again, if we go back to goddamn Clone Wars, you know how they defeat them? They're pretty easy to defeat if you know how to do it. They have a whole fucking Ahsoka fucking arc where she rolls bombs and is like, this is how you do it. And this whole time, I'm sitting here yelling at the TV, going, Ahsoka already figured this out. Ahsoka already figured this out. She's in the show. Why the fuck is it? God damn it! Why why do we not get this? Like it's this is well, a very easy not, droid to defeat. It's not part of their arsenal. They don't have any thermal dents on them. Oh, okay, well we all know that that's probably bullshit. Yeah. And wait, we have knee lasers, but we don't have a hand grenade. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Like, because he's gonna bring him cold, or he's gonna bring him warm. He's not gonna blow bring him in blown up. That's why. Doesn't mean the rest of them don't. JJ. Doesn't mean okay, it doesn't exist on a fucking planet. A bunch of farmers in the desert are going to have a random arsenal of thermal. They had a militarized hover car with like a 50 cal that laser they stole. rifle on it. That they so there's stole. no grenades in the armored car? From where? From who? It's not Empire. Come on. Come on. The Empire never took that. Who'd they steal it from? From the Pikes. <gasps> and the Pikes didn't have thermal detonation? Oh, I'm pretty sure no, in Clone they Wars didn't. they did. No, JJ they did not. I would, I would, JJ, I would like for you to review Pikes that. Sent two random people into a bar with a thing full of explosives to destroy the bar. You're gonna tell me there's no explosives in their armored car? Come on, man. Okay, remember the armored car that they get was oh. probably from the the Pike the Pike Scouts. That I feel like you're gaslighting us. You're gaslighting me and Charles right yeah. here. <laughs> He's taking that hard edge on a nonsensical point just to see how far into insanity he can push us. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> done and over. Giant, the, Giants fan. Die, go, all right. Go. The reason they changed the name of them, JJ, is so that you couldn't come, so that people like me couldn't come back and go, just throw a thermal detonator underneath the thing, and that's how you kill it. It's literally, in my opinion, that is exactly why they renamed these things to Scorpion bullshit. So that oh, it's for, it's for yeah. marketing purposes. Well, that probably too. Because I, in I Legion, can you imagine getting one of these in Legion yeah. now? Like That's if I played I Legion, Legion, I want that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there. I said that on their stream today too. When the fuck am I getting one of these scorpion droids? The, they did not um, respond to me. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see those on freaking Legion. So, you know, these are these badass droids that have like, these giant ass cannons. I took a screenshot of this particular thing because this is literally the first shot that they take into an obviously wide area of <laughs> fleeing people. And look where that first shot lands. All right. <laughs> My You're God, kidding. put a freaking targeting computer on these things. Built, built God, in stormtrooper targeting, man. Yeah. They didn't pay for the upgrade package. This is the base model. Yeah. And then of course, you know, your 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 scene that you never got, you know, of Mando realizing that he can wield the blade. Um, so they go through that whole point. Uh Pelimato rolls in with Grogu. We get a very uh going to the next picture here, a really nice uh, moment here, a respite of uh of Mando appreciating Grogu coming in and sees that he's actually wearing the the uh the damn chainmail. Um, I was right. really. Can I slap you for a second? He's got, he's got Frodo's shirt on. Can I slap yes. you for one second? As much as you don't like Grogu, and as much as I hate that name, like I despise that from the depths of hell. I will tell you, this is one of the most touching scenes in this episode. Like, yeah, like, um, and this is maybe me just drinking and being sentimental, <laughs> which, which is what happens sometimes. You know, like I'm not that much of a hard ass, but <clears throat> like. To me, this was a humanizing event, and and, and this is where I feel we they, they missed the the whole thing in Boba Fett, right? Boba doesn't get this moment, and Boba deserves that moment. I think if we're gonna humanize him, and and this is why this is why Mando works to some extent very well, is because of this type of thing. And um, I don't, I'm gonna cry, but um, like this to me, this is one of the best pieces of this whole episode. And I didn't want to, I don't, I don't want to make a big thing about it because it's not technically the Mandalorian 2.5, right? You know, like this is, this is ridiculous that we have this and Boba deserves his own show, but we have it. And this piece right here is very, um, touching and sentimental. And this puts me into the saying, I want to watch Mandalorian three more than ever now. Even if it turns out like the book of Boba Fett, and Charles has every right to roast me a hundred percent if that happens, you can roast the fuck out of me. It'll be the opposite sides of the table. <laughs> It'll be like I love this show, and Charles is like you understand the writing's really hor- fucking horrible, and I'll be like, yeah, I still love it. And and then yeah. and then it'll be a whole argument, but that's okay. Like it's okay. We like what we like. So yeah, and, and I think that. They they kind of intentionally did this to contrast Boba because Boba doesn't have anybody that he can have this kind of moment with. You know, the closest thing that we have to like a humanizing moment for Boba was his freaking the Tuscan um, Raider arc. The Tuscan Raider arc, which you know he was originally a slave, and then you know he gained the respect, and then he they all got killed right within like the first three episodes, and then Boba has nobody other than the closest person that he has is Fennec. Right. And she's just like a, a business associate. Right. So Boba doesn't have that 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 connection to somebody um, that he could build on like Mando does. So I think that I think that including this in the particular series kind of works against Boba a lot more because you feel a lot more for Mando and his relationship with Roku that we've seen on screen versus Boba, who has nobody really. You know, all he has is just his his hired guns that he has with him, and it doesn't make him a, a, a very relatable character for that reason. I think so. All right. 
so um scrolling mm-hmm. down here we finally get the clash of the titans uh montage here with the rancor coming in um apparently all it takes is just the right flick of the wrist uh for you to control a rancor to come in and start uh and start wrecking stuff my favorite part is uh when he actually goes in and starts to kill the scorpion android he does his best palp impression and says do it and uh and makes the the uh the rancor kill the damn scorpion android uh, then we get to the whole um, the whole face-off here between Cad Bane and the Rancor and Boba, and he basically scares him off with fire, uh, which is great. That was a badass moment for Cad Bane, just staring down this giant as Rancor that just wrecked the damn Scorpion droid, and he scares it away with fire. Uh, we finally get that duel between Cad and um, and and Boba. Uh, unfortunately, he he loses that. Um, and then the whole King Kong moment um, there, um, I I did not like that particular sequence because I didn't I felt like they didn't need to go that route with the Rancor. Um, it had a really nice badass moment until that point. You know, I liked seeing the fight between the Rancor and the Scorpion Android. Um, I think they just set that up solely just so they could see how much stronger Grogu has gone uh, has gotten since his training with. Uh, Luke Skywalker, he, he's used the Force a total of three times now without him, like, passing out. Um, and then finally, he falls asleep like he normally does after using the Force. Um, so th- that shows how much of growth that Grogu has gone through um, since his time with uh, with Luke. And um, that's interesting to see how, how fast he's, he's developed that. Um, definitely a, a really strong point for Mando Season 3. Yeah. We'll put it this way. It was pretty cute that he slept next to the Rancor. Sorry. Like Yeah, it was. I, Sorry, well, not I sorry. Out, I held out silent hope that the Rancor would make a snack out of him, but No. The best car <laughs> would have saved them. The best car would have saved them, man. <laughs> Except his head. But yeah. <laughs> And then finally, the last part, you know, we get the final resolution. Uh, <laughs> Fennec, uh, Fennec brutally murders all, all the people, you know, the mayor, all the heads of the crime families that sided with him and the Pikes. Uh, Mando leaves with Grogu off world. That was another cute moment where Grogu's like tapping on the glass and he makes him, you know, do his slam um, and makes him go fast. That was pretty cool. Um, and Chris Anton stays with, uh, with Boba. And then finally, we get the Boba Fett benefit package for Cobb Vanth. The Boba um, Fett benefit package. Yes, you get a free unwillful surgery, uh, cybernetic enhancements on you if you stay under the employee of Boba Fett. And that's exactly I was gonna say, he gave that to Fennec Shand as well. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's, becoming a, it's becoming a thing now. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's why it's called a benefit package. Um, do you think we see a season two for Boba Fett? I think so. I agree. Yep. Or, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is the end of the book of Boba Fett, but maybe we get the Cobb Vanth show. Or the you Fennec Shade show. Yeah. I would much rather see a Fennec show than Cobb. Well, no, all right, I hold on. Because Timothy Oliphant's amazing. And yeah. I'll watch yeah. I understand you're, that. You're, no, I'm not. That. No, don't <laughs> get me wrong. I'm not discounting him at all. I think he's a fantastic actor and his character is fantastic. I'm not discounting that at all. However, we have a lot more story built in into Fennec across the Clone Wars series and everything that's been done already. Which is why Disney will do the Cobb Vanth. Because they've seen the failure of a character that was pre-existing that they couldn't build from the ground up. Boba Fett has been heavily criticized in comparison to The Mandalorian, which was heavily praised. 
So we've got a character that overwhelmingly doesn't have a lot of lore for people to get pissed about ruining. They'll give Cobb Vanth a show before they give Fennec Shan a okay. show. That's yeah. actually Just my, my personal opinion. I agree with you. Actually, that's that's a that's a very good point, Charles. So that's um, not to say that I don't want a Fennec Sand show. Don't get me wrong. I would definitely watch that. I'm just saying, like, in general, there's more marketability for Timothy Oliphant's character because of what he has the capability to do. And he's already set himself up as a leader where, by and large, Fennec Shand has shown herself to be a hired hand just like Boba. So if we did a Fennec Shand show, we're just going to get Boba with a female lead. But a successful one because I think that she has a better capability of being a crime boss than than Boba does because Boba okay. kind of feels they're not going to go to a crime boss. That's what I don't think. They're gonna That's... they're gonna send her off world and we're gonna get yep. a episodic like Firefly type thing where she's going on missions and yep. doing the thing with Boba Fett is what would happen. Yeah, the so... problem here, JJ, is the fact that they tried to set up this whole crime lord thing and they wanted to do this and it failed right and and i think somehow they must have known this was going to fail i guess because we got an ending episode where boba fett goes yeah this is not for me um i don't know what the fuck to do but this is not for me and oh here 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 you go cob vanth you can have the city oh i liberated it for you and set it up because i'm the fucking goddamn white savior of this bullshit i'm i'm, I'm the rancor whisperer yeah <laughs> and it's that's the disgusting part of this because Boba Fett has such a better tale to tell. Um, and, and he has such a better redemption story than this. This is a shit redemption story. And, and, and when we talk about what pisses me off the most about that, that's what pisses me off the most is that Boba Fett deserves better than this. And I think we're going to get better Boba Fett content. I, I, I think that they just tried to use this vehicle to push the popular show. And it's, it's sad. It's 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 a sad tale that we even had to even tell. Um, I don't need like this is a Grogu and Mandalorian um reunion story. That's what the fuck this is. You literally had seven episodes of reunion with a little bit of Boba Fett backstory, and that's what they case this as. And to me, it's a disservice to Boba Fett, right? And, and some of that's because I'm a fanboy of Boba Fett. I love Boba Fett. I love Mandalorians. I love um, the whole scum piece. I love the whole bounty hunter piece to such an extreme extent that, you know, like I um, have a really hard time not understanding, like having this type of show. But the problem is, is that they use this as a vehicle and it's a disservice in my opinion. And what I hope is they correct that and give Boba better pieces in other stories if we can't give him his own show. I would love to see a Fennec Boba like, this is going to sound bad, but like a buddy cop type thing where like we actually get to watch them bounty hunt rather yeah. than they get a puck. They know exactly where to go to find the person who has this puck. They retrieve the person, bring them back and cash in the puck. That's all we know about bounty hunting thus far, right? If we even look at the episode where the Mando appears in Boba Fett, he appears because he found a guy that doesn't claim to be the guy who's on the puck. But we don't know from point A to point B where the research is, where the hunting is, where the gathering of information is. I think it's an interesting take on the Star Wars universe to be able to see a lot more 
worlds to be able to see a lot more uh, cultures like with the Mon Calamari and the Twi'leks and all of these other worlds that we've never been to. I think it opens up a very Star Trekky version of Star Wars in the exploration of these worlds and a deeper dive into what bounty hunting is. And I agree with you. And I think that would be the best piece because it would allow Star Wars to expound on bounty hunting without having to commit in such extreme tenses to one side or the other. And then it allows the piece of bounty hunting that, that the Mandalorian's losing. Honestly, we have to admit it's gone. It's done. This yeah, is this not there. It was and passes, Grogu became the storyline. Yep. It passes it on. And I think, I think you're right. And I will, if we have a book of Boba Fett too, I will wholeheartedly endorse that piece of it. Um, until the end of days. All right. We're at 11 o'clock. <laughs> so we've been casting for three hours. Um, you all have 30 seconds. Last thoughts, last opinions. Um, and go. Charles first. Give me my scum N1. That's all I got to say. All right. Hey. JJ. This is the best Boba Fett show we've ever had. Also the only Boba Fett show we've ever had. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm excited for Mandalorian 3. I'm excited for a uh, new N1. I agree with Charles, actually, because I collect scum and would be happily to take an N1 um, that has... Oh, damn it. All right, all right, Charles. We forgot this last episode. By next week, you owe us what a Mandalorian scum N1 will do. That's what you owe us. You owe us <clears throat> what's my dial going to be, what's my techniques, what's my verbiage in the bullshit cards. You owe Sounds me. Good. I want you to create me an in one for scum. Sure. I'm in. All right. Because I forgot to push you to do that for the end of the last episode. Nah, you're good, man. We're um, good. But that's that's your that's your that'll be the beginning of the motherfucker. I don't care if we get points. You get spotlight with your amazing <laughs> beard and all. Um, which is actually your beard's almost bigger than mine, I think. Actually. I straighten mine, so mine has a lot more length. If I don't straighten it, it's very well. And I look at, I, look at I, JJ; he can pull out his chin. I'm so proud of him. Look I know, JJ. You got like you, know, here. you got one more like year, man. One more year, bro. <laughs> nah, you know what's gonna happen? Like we're gonna come in one week, and JJ's gonna look like um, a toddler. Master, master my pay from uh, from Kill <laughs> from Bill. Kill Bill. <laughs> the, the the wispy mustache and the super just. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. I love it. So anyway. these extended episodes, these universe extended episodes have been amazing. We will continue to do them next week. We will be taking a week off from the universe extended um, because I'm going to crossroads, blah, 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 whatever. Um, me and JJ and Charles will talk about what we're going to do for the next ones. Unfortunately, Charles never reads the books, so I don't know how we're going to do these. And maybe Charles just joins in. I, I don't, I don't know how we're going to do it. We will continue this. Universe extended at least twice a month though, because I enjoy this um yeah. actually quite a bit. I like talking Star Star Wars lore. It makes me feel very satisfied. I'm good with old school lore, I can talk about all the old school stuff. It's just the new stuff I have trouble with. So yeah, maybe Charles will finish uh, Clone Wars in the next two weeks, and we can talk about that. Hey, yeah, challenge for Charles. Maybe that. I'll buy Charles a Mando ship if he can finish Clone Wars in two weeks. There you go. Done. All right. <laughs> all right. Have so, a good night, guys. All right. Thank all you, right. everybody, for joining us. We'll be back next week ish for.
podcast. Uh, have a good night.